So my brain is officially broken after today's podcast for all the right reasons because we had the visibility vixen and I have never understood the power of color, but I feel like I'm going to 10x my business just from understanding color better after today. We talked about how film sets, interior design, psychology created the visibility vixen, how Pinterest has been lying to you and destroying your brand, how growing up in Hollywood showed the path to color psychology, how being an entrepreneur is like painting on a moving canvas, whether you know it or not, you are going to get judged on your color, how cohesion and consistency are the secret weapons to getting seen. Uh, do you understand your tonal color harmony? The four psychological primary colors that create a body reaction. How prison proved that pink was an effective color for marketing. Does your brand color reduce your heartbeat or lower your blood pressure? The three most important questions you need to ask when deciding on colors for your brand. How every person gets to feel empowered by color. And the three biggest mistakes that people make with color. My mind is blown. I am about to get on a call with my team and literally explain to them every ounce of that call because we are changing a ton and I am so excited to do it. So I can't do this episode any more justice, but I would get a notebook and get ready to be excited because color is going to change your life. So let's cue the intro. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. And today we have the visibility vixen, the queen of color, the color psychologist, the visibility tools expert, the Hollywood branding badass, or any other label that you can give this amazing woman who helps entrepreneurs use the power of color and visibility to increase their reach, to buy back their time and dial up their impact to make more revenue and change the world. And so today I am honored to have the one the only, the visibility vixen, Michelle Lewis. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you. I feel like I just had to fasten on like a superhero cape because that was one of the best intros I've ever gotten in my life. Yes. That's my goal every show <laughs> is to hear that. And I'm like, if you ever need a hype man, an intro to a keynote, you let me know, or you can take that recording and use it wherever you want. We'll send it to you. Or you like create an app so that when I set my alarms in the morning, like you're the one that wakes me up like, oh, you can do this, you're the queen, you know? Yeah, I remember how hyped everybody got when The Rock did his. And I was like, wait, are you are you paying to get yelled at in the morning? Like, I'm going to go a little softer on my side. But I've been so excited to get you on the show because I'm the marketing guy who loves pink. And I was like, she's a color psychologist. I have so much, and I think today will probably be the first time that I take copious notes for my own benefit because I am obsessed as the marketing guy with color. I use it in brands, all my companies, my e-com companies, my consulting, and I was like, but I'm a hack, right? I learned through <laughs> trial and error and then statistically researching things that validated my points, but I would love to actually hear kind of like you used to be in film. Then you went color woman. Then you realized the power of color for positive psychology and then increased visibility. And so like, can you give me the gamut of like how you became the queen of color, which is not what I'm going to call you, by the way, if you're okay. I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Absolutely. So it was P 
piecemealing a bunch of things together. And I think that's what's so powerful with color. And we'll definitely be diving into that today because it is such a multifaceted topic. You can buy hundreds of books that cover everything on color and um, my specific angles that I learned. The first one, of course, was in TV and film. Not only did I have my film degree, but I grew up on film sets starting at three years old. And so I was on some of the biggest movies in Hollywood, following my dad around and trying to figure out like, okay, in the production design, why did they do this? Why did they do this? All these huge Hollywood movies and going to the premieres and see what they did there and just finding it so fascinating. I also got my degree in interior design. And so I learned color from a uh, design perspective and how people would design and use color specifically. Uh, in their homes, both external and internal, to figure out, okay, why did they do that? Why are they making those choices? The last thing's a little bit more personal. I actually uh, had some severe health issues in my late teens and early 20s. And so I tried the Western medicine route, and then I had to start looking at different avenues just because I hit a dead end. And so one of those was indigenous medicine. And so I... Uh, actually started learning about it and getting my degree in that as well. And that was the study of how certain frequencies of sunlight are absorbed by certain plants to heal a specific part of the body. So that really gave me a 360 degree view of how you can use color and how a body responds and reacts to color. So when I launched my online business, I had no clue what I was doing. I did what we all do. I chose my favorite color as my primary color because that's what Pinterest tells us to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I launched and it was a disaster. So I had to go back to the drawing board and go, okay, if it isn't my offer necessarily, let's not beat ourselves up first. Let's figure out a strategy. And so I sat down and I just wrote out everything I knew about every color. And then I decided on this strong blue that you still see today. And I relaunched and everything changed. Mm. I'm like, so I got like 12 lanes to unpack here. But let me, let's start with the obvious one for anybody listening. Cool. How many degrees do you have? Uh, <laughs> uh, I think three. Yeah, I think three. Okay. So I, I'd have to go back through all my things. But so yeah. interior design. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Did, interior design, film. Did you have a degree in film? Yes. And then the third one, what is the third one for indigenous medicine? Uh, it's specifically called Rafology. Rafal, I'm is so intrigued since I'm Mr. Yeah. Guru and go to the jungle all the time. So I'm just, nope. oh my God, we might have to do another podcast on plant medicine because I want to hear it from oh, your lens. My goodness, absolutely. Because my mom actually just got her master's in herbology. So we're like the biggest nerd situation wow. whenever we get together. It's such a blast. Oh my God, the Renaissance women. I have so much to unpack. We might have to do round two. And I want you and your mom at the same time. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, let's bring my dad in too, because then he can talk to you about voltage and all kinds of stuff. Like it, it's it's a freak show over here. Oh my God, dude. This is like the world's most interesting family. I just want to take you guys to dinner. I want to ask questions it's and just see wild. how it goes. Well, you're nearby. That may have to happen. Uh, do they live do they live there too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're so for everybody listening, we're border neighbors. We're only about two and a half hours away. So every time I have to go somewhere to get to an actual car dealership, I drive through her town anyways. And so <laughs> up my way to Washington from Montana. But that's that's so incredible. And so why were you on film sets as a child? Was your dad in that industry? Yes. Uh, my mom was a casting director and my dad was an assistant director, producer, director, 
all kinds of things. So um, started, you know, I really wanted to get in the business. He wouldn't let me until I got my film degree. And, but then I worked in it for 10 years myself. But yeah, I grew up on films like Face Off and Mission Impossible 2 and Paycheck and Wind Talkers and all this stuff. So it was at the time, some of the biggest movies happening in Hollywood. So we were going all over the world and with these huge actors. And so what was cool about that is that there was the budget for that intentionality in design and in, you know, filters they're using on cameras and filters they're putting on in editing and all that stuff. So it was very interesting to be around. Yeah, it's so it's such an interesting perspective when you see those unlimited budgets and at such an early age, because what's funny, it's like you were three, you were five no idea that you're noticing like directors of photography and color grading and all of those things happening. And then we fast forward X amount of years and you're on a path now that literally incorporates these seeds that were planted in your paradigm. Like mm -hmm. it's such an early, early age. It's, it's actually a really like kind of incredible and serendipitous story arc. I love it. And I think we all have that in terms of what we do now in entrepreneurship. And sometimes we have to tap into it a little bit more because we think that what we do has to be in these specific lanes and you got to blend it. In my opinion, I mean, my dad told me all the time that making a film was like painting on a moving canvas. And what we do, we're showing up online. That's a canvas as well. And a lot of us don't realize that. Or we think that there has to be this barrier because we hear, oh, well, just let yourself shine. You don't have to put that much work into your branding. Come on, like you are marketing. You don't have to blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, but let's look at the evidence in addition to what color can do and realize how much more money you could be making if you use that strategy. Yeah, and I think I want to unpack this one a little bit too because. um I love that thought. Like it was something that like I, all of my branding has kind of come out by accident, right? But I think there's stages of this game, right? And I think mm -hmm. that what we have to understand and, and I want to want your thoughts on this. It's like, yes, I watch people now like, hey, I don't have a business online. I'm going to go spend 20 grand on a branding. I'm, no, like you don't have a validated business, an idea, an avatar and boom. And I was like, but at the same time, it's like as you start generating revenue and you start having an impact and getting clear, the negligence of aborting your brand can actually have a cannibalizing effect. And so um, can you actually unpack that a little bit? Because you, you nailed it, right? Like, and, and I see this all the time. And, and trust me, um, my brand, like you want to talk about visibility. I was a food blogger, right? And it was by accident. Like the world demanded I become a food blogger because I was just making recipes for my own health. And so, yeah, I, I don't talk about stuff and so I'll share because it'll give context. But uh, when I was in the, in the Marine Corps active duty, uh, like year 11, they said, hey, we're going to medically separate you sometime the next year or two. And I was bulimic still. I'd struggled for like 15 years. So I found CrossFit, found paleo, and I started teaching myself how to cook because in 2010, paleo wasn't a fad. It was like, oh, I have to do this, but I needed accountability. So I just kept posting on the internet. I made a fake Facebook account with a fake college email because I couldn't get one. Um, and then I just posted and a couple months later, it's like, you should start a blog and like first business name, uh, domain name, civilized caveman cooking creations.com, right? Like so good. Just like 47 letters of genius, you know, that nobody could spell. And then I'll never forget my first logo. I was like, oh, it's four C's C4 and my logo Aaron made was a bundle of wheat wrapped in C4 that said, that's so good. 
I want to see this. That's so good. I want to have a t-shirt. Mildly embarrassed, but it's such a... No, we've all been there. Totally. But it's also a validity to a lot of stuff I teach about iteration because now you fast forward and I'm, you know, one of the top three in the world at customer journey and I own, you know, 11 companies and all that stuff. But it's like, I will never forget those days. And then my brand went from that to an orange carrot. Uh, which was actually dope and I loved, but that's when I started like playing with colors and I've always loved this. But can you actually talk about a little bit about like, l- let's break it down into stages. It's like, okay, cool. If you're doing six figures and up, you should be very intentional and conscious about your brand and your visibility, right? But like in that early yeah. stage, how do you recommend that people go about like just putting some intentionality in so they don't burn the ships or like my business is failing and to like start to understand like, colors or choices or things like that. Like, I would just love for you to unpack that a little bit. Absolutely. And so people who come to see me, they are on either end of the spectrum. They're either already pretty high earners or they haven't made their first dollar. And it's equally as important in either stage to at least consider color. The reason for the higher earners is because usually they want to make that next step with either a book release or a PR tour or something like that. And as much as you can be absolutely incredible and a high earner and tons and tons of students and stuff, once you want to start getting on like TV shows and really well-known podcast segments, they don't necessarily know who you are. And so the first thing that they're going to do, especially someone who's a publicist, is going to be looking at your website, looking at your press page, looking at your social media. And if they see a hot mess, if they don't see that specific color, I'm not saying that they're specifically looking for a color, but subconsciously they are, then they're going to be like, oh, okay. Versus if they come and they see that cohesive theme, they have that strong feeling from the color, which we'll talk about in a bit, your chances of booking are much, much higher. At the same end, if you haven't made your first dollar yet, well, you're coming into a, I don't know if you want to call it like a shark pit of people that are all competitive. And so you need to have an edge. You need to be able to stand out. You need to try to shorten those touch points of someone becoming a customer or a client. And that's something that color can do as well. So equally important, no matter where you are in your business, to have that rehaul. And the reason why I think it's a mistake to just go out there and hire a branding team or a branding specialist is you're the captain of the ship. You're the one that understands your ideal client. You're the one that understands your own personality. And there's a lot of things that go into deciding on a brand color. You can say, okay, well, that my branding person chose orange and I took your quiz, Michelle, and it's the perfect color for me. And I say, great, but what's the tone? What is your tonal color harmony? Because your personality is what depicts your tonal color harmony. So the shade of the color is where you come into your brand. The color itself is 100% based on your ideal client. Mm, Okay, so obvious question. What is tonal color harmony? (laughs) You're like, what is she talking about? I'm like, all that means. So intrigued and I love it. (laughs) Awesome. So all that means, like, we all watch a sunrise, a sunset. The sky shows us every day the four color palettes of tonal color harmony. There is summer, there is spring, there is autumn, there is winter. And it's just specific families that colors are grouped into. And you can take, I mean, there's quizzes. I have one. Other people have them. You can just Google tonal color harmony quiz if you want to. And that can help show you, based on your personality, what color family you fit into. So, for example, I had a client that came to me and she said, 
I really love my branding, but I feel really disconnected to it. I hired someone. These are the colors that they chose. I thought they were really great, but now I'm here six months later and I'm just not wanting to be present online, in my website, in my sales. I'm feeling stagnant. And so you could say, oh, well, that's a mindset issue. It might be, but like, let's figure it out with the branding first and just eliminate that as a possibility. So I looked at it and while the branding person had put her in an autumn palette, when her personality is a summer palette. So just by changing the shade, it was really helpful for her to then get some of that in her wardrobe and get that in her background and bring that energy back into her brand that was made her feel more connected to it. Because that's the other thing I see where people are like, okay, I had a branding expert do it, but I don't feel aligned to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it, make, it makes perfect sense. A couple podcasts ago, I released an entire podcast dedicated to environmental design to yes. basically align your space to pull out the best of you in your subconscious to feel in your power and feel all of it and and i think about how much color plays a part of it and, and here's what's funny is like pink became my brand color by accident but i fucking love pink like you you can't like everything there's pink in my hoodie my backpack my shoes my water bottle and that existed kind of before and, it, and it's funny, there's two ways it happened. And, and I think you might appreciate this. So my son is five, he's about to be six. And he was two, and I'll never forget this. He was speaking and he went to school one day and I have always like worn pink clothes, but never really obsessed about it. I had a pink shirt, you know, pink stuff like that. And uh, he liked pink and he came home from school and he's like, daddy, daddy, I can't wear pink anymore. It's a girl's color. And mm -hmm. I was like, what kid? And he's like, that's what the teacher told me. I got in my car. I drove 22 minutes and I walked into that school like I was going to rip the door off the hinges and I was like, come here. And we had a very serious conversation about number one, how inappropriate that was and blah, 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 blah. And then I decided to go on a tirade about pink being a royal color and majestic and coming for royalty and kings and how it actually used to be inverse, that it was pink for boys and blue for girls and blah, blah. And then I was like, screw it. And I was like, I'm going to obsess about pink until my son is like, this is an amazing color and feels comfortable again. And so it started with just getting pink shoes. And this company, Native, uh, Native Shoes, it's like Crocs and Converse had a baby. And they had these Malibu pink shoes. And the hex code was EE698E because I called and I asked because they stopped making them. And I said, I'll buy 200 pairs if you do. And they're like, nope, we're done. But I wore these shoes to a keynote. And I gave this keynote about a thousand people in the audience. And it was about customer journey and psychology and helping people. And I just wore my black hoodie, my black shorts and my pink shoes, which is now kind of my uniform. And I left and literally for the next seven or eight months, I would be in the airport and uh, someone came up to me like, aren't you that guy that gave that keynote? You're the pink shoes, right? And then I go to another conference and like, whoa, we heard about you at that con. And I was like, social trigger created. Here we go. Up. And then it was everything. I was like, I'm in. Wrapped my motorcycle, made custom clothing of my companies. My backpack company released a pink camo bag. I started calling companies of clothing and shoes that I loved and requesting colors. And so now it just kind of became a part of it. And I love it. But that's kind of how pink got into my brand, um, which is completely accidental, by the way. There was no intention whatsoever, which I think is funny. And sometimes that happens. I think it's great. I think it's great that you know that story about where pink originated. Yeah. The only reason why it switched was because of a department store. Yep. So I think that that is fantastic. Not enough people understand that. 
I know. And what I think is so funny is like even assigning gender roles to color. It's like, oh, no, no, only, you get that color of the rainbow, but you only get that color of the rainbow. And mm -hmm. you're an adult, so you can't have that color of the rainbow. Look at me. I'm in blue. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's incredible. You actually said something earlier when you were answering a question about, uh, we'll hit that later. And I forgot what it was, but it was something about the boldness of the color of blue. Do you remember what it was? I don't. But I mean, blue, it, what's really interesting is like, let's first talk about the colors that are psychological primaries, right? Yeah, would... That's red, that's blue, that's yellow, and that's green. So what we know for sure is that those four colors, when someone sees them, whether it be in person or on screen, they're going to have a reaction. Their body on some level is going to have a reaction. And that's when I really started digging into, okay, what can I call the color primaries? Because you can put in color palette in Google and be swarmed with a hundred different versions and you know, it can just get crazy. And so for me, I started getting books on, okay, color in medicine, color in design, colors in culture, colors in this, because I really wanted to understand comprehensively, how do you choose a brand color and make sure that it's going to work? And so that narrowed me down to about six different color combinations of palettes. And I went, no, I have to be able to prove that this actually hits the body and is in the visible light spectrum. So that we just talked about the four that are the psychological primaries. The other ones that I've found that actually get a physical reaction are purple, orange, yellow, and pink. So that should be a total of seven, I think. Um, those are the colors that we can prove through science, through design, through experiments that actually have an impact. So I think it's important to understand that because the first questions I usually get are, what about gray? What about black? What about white? What about silver? I've had this branding for years and I love it. I'm like, and that's wonderful. But I cannot prove to you that when someone sees those colors on screen, they're going to have a physical reaction. And that's what we need as marketers. They need to be able to see us and have a reaction. You need to know that if you are, let's say, a uh, family counselor, and you are advertising online for virtual appointments and you've chosen the primary color purple, that when people see that, they're going to feel like you're going to help strengthen their relationships and they're going to feel spiritually connected to you. That's the kind of knowledge we need to have. And that's the knowledge I think very few marketers actually have learned. I 1000%. And, and what I find so funny is why 8% of communication is verbal. Mm -hmm. And the rest of it exists to create the safety to allow verbal communication to take place. And somebody's initial body response is either doing one of two things. It's either creating reactants, which is digging them in to move them further away, or it's creating an invitation for them to step forward for that to happen. And, and, and I, I, I think you've nailed it. it. It's that there's so many parts of this that, that seem unimportant to most people. But at the end of the day, you know, one, I, one of the things I remind people of is that on the other side of everything that you're doing is a human being. And the number one tilt for that human being is the emotional response in their body and what decision it inspires them to take or not take. And color, for me, is something I didn't learn about. And I will, I don't, will never have the, the visceral knowledge that you have, but it's really I, funny. They, I, 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 it's not, I, I've, I've figured out my zone of genius and I stay in it, but yeah. It's really, really funny, like the amount of messages I get where I have women who have been burnt by many men's coaches and they're like, it's so disarming just to see you using pink. And then I have mm -hmm. men who reach out to me and they're like, man, 
you own that and you rock it. It makes me want to be like more vulnerable and in my power. And it's, and it's like, it's so edifying to hear that. And, and it was so such kind of an accident, but I, I, I get to hear it on a daily basis about just the power of color and just the subtleties and the ways that it creates. So I'd be actually really curious. Uh, I have two questions around this, but number one, like what is pink? Like what, what does pink mean? What does pink do? Like, I'm just innately curious. Well, you know, I was curious too, because I didn't normally, even two years ago, I didn't see pink as a primary color because technically it's a color the brain invents to transition from purple to red. So it isn't a color on the visible light spectrum. So I'm like, that's not a real color. But I had so many entrepreneurs that were like fighting tooth and nail. And they're like, I will not give it up. You need to change your mind. So I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to do some research and I'm going to see. And I was able to see enough experiments. And we'll talk about some of those that proved the body has a physical response to pink and magenta. So I thought this is fascinating. So I dug into it a little bit and I had to bend the knee and tell my audience like, hey, y'all were right about pink. Here's what I found. And I actually kicked gold out of my recommendation list and I replaced it with pink. So pink and magenta, some people think, oh, well, they mean the same thing. They actually mean complete and total opposites. So I do not recommend using these colors interchangeably mm. and definitely don't use them together in your branding. Uh, so with pink, pink is a very disarming color. It's associated with uh, kindness and compassion. Yes, in certain ways, femininity. But what was really interesting is that these uh, scientists came into this prison and they said, hey, we want to do some experiments around the color pink. Can we paint your admission cell pink? And they said, sure. And there's actually a pink that is named after these scientists. And they came in. They painted the admission cell pink and they started bringing in the inmates. And I think it was like a 45 minute admittance process or something. So they had to sit in this room and, you know, put on their new, whatever you want to call it, uniforms and do whatever. And they tested each inmate because they found that the pink reduced their heart rate, lowered their blood pressure. And they found that those effects lasted for up to 30 minutes after they left the cell. So they say, according to all these different experiments, that it's almost physically impossible to raise your heart rate past a certain barrier if you were in a pink environment. So that's really interesting. And so I wasn't surprised at all when you said that people were coming to you feeling disarmed, more comfortable, secure, safe, you know, that they could actually take down some of those preconceived notions and walls that they had against other markers. So that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And it's really interesting too, because like, I, I've actually never talked about this publicly, but I mean, I coach a lot of people for a living. I've been doing this for like 21 years in leadership coaching. And, and it's really, really funny because if you were to remove the words that I say from me, people would be like, that's sharp, that hurts. It's too much. It's boom. But then even my best friends, like my buddy, Brian Bogart, who and I, him and I speak together all the time. He's like, I don't know how you get away with saying what you say. And their only response is, thank you for caring about me. And I love you because you're so direct and it feels so sharp, but yet it's delivered in a way that feels soft. And I swear it's like, pink is your pillow when I, yeah. Oh my God. I am stealing that. Thank you. All credit to you. But it's like when I'm standing up there on stage or in a keynote in a coaching call and I'm being like, yeah, and it's there, but then I'm in pink shoes. It's immediately like this guy can't be some toxic masculine prick. Like he he's wearing pink shoes. 
some part of him has to be soft. And I think that's what it is. It's like pink is the pillow. Yeah. Pink is, and I have a question about this because when I touch gold and branding, it immediately puts me into a sympathetic state. Like I don't like it. It makes me mm -hmm. feel like this is something that's cheap, that's trying to be shown to be something it's not, that it's like flashy and disconnected. And I've never ever liked it can you can you tell me why like you removed it and like what gold is sure and you know there's nothing wrong with gold it does it's, it's a cerebral color for sure it lays um it resides or resonates in the pituitary gland in the brain so one of my things would probably be that since it is such a cerebral color that that might naturally repel you especially if you're someone that is more into healing and soul work and emotions and all that kind of stuff and the other thing i would wonder is if it was a like a pre-programming where there was something when you were younger where associations with the literal form of money um caused an issue and the last thing would be okay is it close to the yellow family and that is a psychological primary of the nervous system which might naturally repel you yeah that's really really interesting so then the colors are basically there's like a cerebral response, then there's a, what are, what are the responses at? So brain, a body, like an emotional, is that typically where they go? Everything resonates in a different part of the body. So blue resonates in more of the lungs and heart area, green in the thyroid. Um, of course, you're going to find all kinds of different information. This is just what I found through actually testing it on people. Yep. Um, red, reproductive organs. So obviously, if you're a trauma coach, don't use red. Yes. <laughs> orange the pancreas purple the kidneys that kind of stuff pink and magenta don't have a specific organ that they resonate with but it definitely has an energetic resonance that people respond to wow i'm like so in i could literally listen to you talk about color all day i, am I love talking about color Wait. whatever my husband says i'm oh you're going on a show i'm like yeah he's like do you get to talk about color and if i say yes he's like oh good you're gonna be happy today like <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I love it. And so then now, like, I, I, I'm actually just going to ask you all the questions I'm innately curious about. If you're, do you want I, me to talk about magenta? I do want you to, I was just going to ask you about magenta because, like, I know pink and I feel like we might have accidentally mixed it once or twice. And I'm like, we got rid of that because now it's like, this is my pink. I know the color. It's what makes me feel good. Um, but I would love to hear about magenta. And it's really interesting. Certain personalities, they are very instinctual with brand colors. And it is surely based on this makes me feel good. And then I could give all these different scientific and actual factual reasons why, but they just have that gift. I'd say one out of every four people will have the ability to do that. So I think that's great that you do. So magenta, the color was named after a battle, you know, hundreds of years ago called the Battle of Magenta. It was named that color because we're a little graphic here, but after the battle, a lot of people died. So that color is what they called magenta after the battle of magenta. So this color doesn't come up a lot in history until recently. And especially if you can think in a branding perspective, the one company that brought this to the online space first was T-Mobile. They use magenta and you'll notice in this year, they've actually started naming some of their things magenta, like the magenta plan. And you could say like, oh, well, that, that, that was just a color they chose to be different. They did it intentionally. And I know this because I talk about T-Mobile, especially in my color class and people that have worked for T-Mobile, but then started their own businesses have told me this is exactly what they talk about in their marketing meetings. They did it specifically. 
They did it because they knew that it was a color that evokes a very different reaction. It evokes a reaction of um, being different, of rebellion, of, you know, especially when they came out with their marketing, they only wanted people to come to their carrier service who were different, that identified as different. That was their primary goal in their marketing. And they actually surpassed the highest mobile company, which was AT&T at the time. Um, within like two years, they passed them by almost two times. And so if you notice last year, AT&T did a total rebrand and they chose a light blue and just because they're trying to catch up. So it's a really interesting color. It's definitely associated with more of that being different, that rebellion. So the students of mine, especially ones like I have one, her name's Kay Brown, and she is bringing awareness to violence in nightlife, specifically in clubs for both artists and musicians, as well as people who attend the events. So when she was looking for branding, this was the color that she went with. And it has been really great for her company to raise awareness. Wow, that's so interesting. And yeah, I'm I'm completely aware of that. I watched that whole game happen with T-Mobile because fun, right? Talk to the CEO about some other stuff. And yeah, it, that's cool. Yeah. And, and what I love, though, is I love that you can give tangible examples, because I think a lot of the times people look at the surface like we're marketers, right? When you think about it, it's like, oh, it's just this. It's just this. And I was like, it's a complete picture. There's there's a lot of a lot of inputs foundationally underneath the surface that make messaging work or make something work that you have to really put some effort into seeing of like the branding, the messaging, the colors, the whole part of it. It's like messaging or marketing that works is a, it's almost like the the sum of all the parts underneath it. It's and science. We, we talk so much about like in marketing, like nonverbal communication. We talk about how people feel. We talk about how to disarm them. Like I'm recording a five-part podcast series right now, which you'd probably love this book if you haven't read it, uh, The Catalyst by Jonah Berger. It's how to change anybody's mind. And he's a Wharton business professor on human psychology. And so his book, Contagious, was all about how things catch on. And the book is orange with a matchstick turned into like a weed blowing into the wind. And, and he's a genius. But in The Catalyst, he talks about, you know, the five stages um, that happen in a human body that stop them from taking action. And it's reaction, it's reactance, it's endowment, um, it's distance, it's uh, oh, uncertainty, and then cooperating evidence. And the reason they get stuck in, and everybody always goes to, well, what do I say or what do I say? And they always push. And the more you push, the more reactance happens. And it's so funny because I want to go all the way back to what you said in the beginning because I think this is such a powerful part. I watch people go do social posts. And they're like, oh, it didn't work. I'm all done. Uh, burn it to the ground. Or I launched a product and, and the product, it's like, it's horrible, didn't sell. And what I try to tell them, I was like, no, 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 the product's not horrible. I was like, they never got to open the box because they didn't like the wrapping paper. And it's so funny to think about the amount of times I restarted and wasted money, like probably seven figures in waste about like, oh, I'll redo it again. I'll redo it again. But I was like, they never even opened it. It was, it was the name. It was the person. And it was kind of like how they felt. And what I'm realizing now is like, I, I'm hearing you. Nobody talks about color except you. Like you're the only person, the only person in the last 10 years of me doing this that has visibly come on my radar that's been about color. And it, it's always packaged in like branding or blank, blank, blank. But like this is an entirely different thing about how you can make people feel and how you can use color as like this beautiful tool 
to create an environment for somebody to feel safe in. And that's what we need people to feel. So number one, thanks for doing the work. Like this is incredible. Um, and so now when you, when you think about this now and you think about color, and by the way, for everybody listening to this, I'm going to go take this color class. It's on her website, uh, visibilityvixen.com. And it's called color class. I was on there earlier and you will see her branding on her page. And that blue is everywhere. Um, and it's beautiful. So now when you do that, right. And this is for me, when you have something like that and you pick your brand color and you have that like strong blue and like, this is what I want to invoke in the emotion. Then how do you build from there? Like, how do you pick like compliments to that or accents to that or decide, you know, where to use it? Because the other thing I did is I was like, I went too pink. Right. And it was like, <laughs> I might as well be driving a pink Cadillac and a pink flamingo suit at this point. Um, it's like the like, pink lady in California that yeah, drives around Hollywood. Yeah, like, I'm, not, I'm not joking. Like, you're going to laugh at me, but like, Bonjoro, the company, I have a literally pink bear suit over there, full body pink bear suit that they sent me to wear on. I'm really upset that you didn't wear that during this interview since it's all pretty much about pink. I know. And here's what's funny. Did you see my wedding ring? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Awesome. I'm gonna, my wedding ring's pink because that just feels like who I am. But so now yeah. how do you, how do you like kind of like, we'll call it accessorize. But then when you have that brand color, it sounds like from your branding perspective, like you start with the color, but then how do you work from there to make sure things are working together? They're complimentary. Like, what does that even look like? Sure. And by the way, I want you to get pink framed glasses. That I'm, yeah, I'm actually, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to get, I actually reached out to a company already. And I was like, these are blue light blockers. And I was like, can you put these lenses in for me? Because I don't wear glasses, but I'm on camera and on computers so much mm -hmm. that I get headaches if I don't wear them occasionally. And so it's like, yeah. oh, but I, it just feels really weird to have the frames with like just clear in them that serve no purpose. And I was mm -hmm. like, I don't know if I'm there yet for my brand. I, you know what? I, I would say try it, especially like the next stage you go on. Once you get those glasses, try it and just see what happens. Okay. Um, I'm in. Challenge accepted. Awesome. I want to see. Uh, so, well, the first thing I really want to narrow in on is when you're looking at color, your color needs to answer a couple of questions. And the first question is, do you know for sure that this color is going to impact your ideal client physically when they see it? That's important to know. You need to know where this color resonates in their system. The second thing you need to know is does this encapsulate the emotion I want my ideal client to feel when they first see my brand? So much of our primary brand color has to be for that initial point of contact on a podcast, on a live stream, your funnel, your ads, wherever it may be on stage. Where you can start looking at your secondary colors is then how you guide them through the process, more of your personality, like that can be involved in your second, uh, your secondary color but the primary color really needs to be about that. The other things you need to remember is what is the impact of this color on the culture of my audience, depending on where they are in the world? Mm -hmm. That's an important thing to dive into because for example, you might choose, you know, I don't know, red, let's say, and then I believe it's West Africa. That's the color of mourning. Well, if your primary audience is based there, you don't want that to be your primary brand color. So it's important to understand, even if you are a worldwide brand, where are the majority of your customers coming from? And do they have any cultural negative associations to that color? You also need to know, what does that color mean on screen? Because just like in a movie, people are seeing you usually on a website, on your phone, whatever. 
And so you need to know what they're going to be immediately thinking about, which is why it's important to study color psychology and film, just so that you have that too. For example, blue, so many shades of blue, they all mean different things on screen, but I can't necessarily go any darker than the color I'm wearing because then it'll go into too much of being the detached color, which is what they use in film specifically when a character has like no emotional presence. So I have to keep it more of the brighter blue, not light blue, not turquoise, this specific blue for my audience. So I just wanted to cover a couple of those questions because those really do need to be answered before you make a decision on your brand color. Well, I think I, I've never heard, I've never even like, I, I teach this on how to empathize with customers and build customer journeys. But like, even in the lens of color, like I've asked those questions before, but I've never asked myself, like, how is this color going to make somebody potentially feel like, I think I know that, but I've never really like explored what that's like. And, and we talk about all the time. It's like, our job is to be a lighthouse to show up in a manner that people feel safe. And we talk about it in messaging. We talk about it in marketing, but color is the visual part that they see and it's like what literally initially triggers their nervous system one way or another and yeah. so it's like boom now is there a difference in color between color on a phone like on screen on the internet versus like colors in person like if you are on the internet and then you go run an event or you're going to give a keynote right does your same color have a different effect or is it pretty much the same it's pretty much the same. I mean, the only thing that I would say, like, for example, um, I live in an environment now that is primarily green. I have tons of green trees around me all the time. I live next to a lake, big blue skies. I know you got blue skies where you are. So there's a little bit of differences in terms of, okay, if I'm going to be looking at this specific healing green most of the time, it's actually going to lower my blood pressure. It's going to give me positive endorphins. It's going to do all this stuff for my body. Whereas like green on screen, depending on the shade, can have really healthy connotations. It can have actually evil, non-trustworthy connotations if you get too much into that jewel tone of green. So I wouldn't say there's a huge difference. Mm -hmm. I would say just be kind of cautious and be very clear on your messaging and then get a couple of colors to test, at least on some friends, hopefully your audience, so they can be brought into the journey because people love that to make sure that you're testing correctly. Because, you know, every color, there's going to be danger zones, specifically I'm thinking yellow, yeah. red, green, where you have to be careful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, I'm going to ask this and I don't even know how to phrase this as a question, but like I do this for a living and I'm having a little overwhelm in my body right now because of how much I don't know, but also in the same moment in this instance, understanding how important it is. Yes. And so like, that's how everyone feels. Yeah. Yeah. So can, you, can you treat me like a client and everybody listening and like walk us off the ledge? <laughs> sure. Of course. I think the first thing to know is that every person deserves to feel empowered with color. You know, when I gave a TEDx talk, I wanted it to be for every single human being on earth that they could take something away from it. Maybe that was a little too crazy of me, but I didn't want it to be business specific. And so I titled it, The Colors in Your Closet Can Change Your Life. And it's because we all can do this. So the first thing I would do, just check out your closet. Are there a lot of colors in there? For me, especially college age till like 25, there weren't. It was black. It was gray. It was brown. And was there any surprise that I was very, very sick at the time? I could tell you from studying color medicine, no. So 
just experiment a little bit at a time. Pick up a shirt that's purple, pick up a dress that's yellow, whatever. See how your body reacts to it over time. See how people react to you over time, like what you did with your experiment with your shoes. Yep. Once you start opening that door, then you can understand that correlation. Don't feel overwhelmed, but please do not go to Google and go to Pinterest and put in color psychology and read through one website and think that you know everything. Because the problem with those sites is that they only look at color psychology from one dimension, which is usually design. They don't look at it in film. They don't look at it in culture. They don't look at it on ideal, ideal client's biggest need. So my recommendation would be to hunt around, find the expert that you feel you can trust. It might be me, it might be somebody else. It's you. Learn. Let's just, oh, let's okay, I hope, I hope it's me. Let's just, let's just, for all intents and purposes, for the rest of my career, I'm going to make it you. It's you. Beautiful. Yeah, no, it's you. Okay. Go. So if it's me, then do what you can to learn from me. If you have a $0 budget, no problem. Go through the blog. I'm going to break down the colors in a very surface level way for you. So it's easy for you to understand. Take the quiz, take the course if you want to, just so that you can go through those elements. And next we'll talk about once you've decided on the color, how do you integrate that into your branding? But don't be overwhelmed and don't feel like you have to be the expert that picks up 50 books and reads through them and has no idea what to do. You don't have to do that. Like in this case, I've done it for you. But start on that journey and start observing your environment. Start looking at what's on your walls. What's behind you? Do you have a library? Put it according to color. See how that makes you feel. Go through your closet. Do those kinds of things. Sometimes I have clients that are like, I really want to move forward in my business, but I'm just fighting so much with my family. I feel really frustrated and upset. And I say, tell me the color that's in your dining room slash kitchen and in your bedroom. Oh, oh, well, I just painted our kitchen red. Like, that's why you're fighting. You're raising heart rates, blood pressure, like getting people aggressive. Repaint your walls. I had one person that listened because I brought in an expert from Native American uh, culture. And she said, my dog is being really aggressive. And she said, what color is the dog's collar? And it was red. So she said, change the dog's collar. So she changed it to blue and the dog was fine. Like weird stuff that color can do that seems crazy, but I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. And you know, it doesn't seem crazy to me. What I feel like is that a lot of people, um, do you want a really crazy thought belief that I have right now? Of course they do. I feel like color psychology is not talked about because it allows subtle manipulations without people realizing it. And the more that people yes. understand color psychology, the less manipulative they are. And then the more aware they become of it so that they would be able to make conscious decisions to either engage or not engage. And so I feel like that's my theory. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how the best way to study color psychology, if you want to see it in advertising, is watching drug commercials. Yep. 100% or watch commercials geared towards children. You can look up on YouTube and say color psychology advertising for kids, you know, like McDonald's or whatever specific company you want to put in there. And you can see videos based on these psychologists in the 50s and 60s who are like, oh, we can 100% manipulate emotions and make kids buy this, make parents do this. It does. It happens in a very negative way in our world. And that's why I'm so passionate about talking about it, because if entrepreneurs, I hope, you have a really valuable reason for doing what you're doing. I hope that you feel compelled to actually make a change in the world positively where you feel uniquely inclined. 
I hope you're going to give back at least 1% of your income to make that change happen outside of your life. And so why not use this tool to your advantage, knowing that you have those good intentions to help balance out those people out there that do it for many good reasons. Thousand percent. I mean, it's it's why it's it's why I exist, and it's why we exist, and it's why you're here. And I, I think too, what I'm hearing, and I want to summarize what was said right before that, is that when it comes down to eliminating the overwhelm with color, it's n one experimentation. It's it's looking number one. I mean, it's a no thing. Like I'm the relationship speed algorithms guy. I was like, how do I scale my business? I was like, well, we start with the relationship with you, then we go to the relationship with your team, then we go to the relationship with your customers, and in that same place of color, it's like, how do I? And this is my layman's version. Like, how do I choose a color? I was like, well, I have to play with color. I get to figure out what colors I like, what lights me up, what makes me happy. Like the reason I'm in my studio is like these lights, 3 million colors, that light, 3 million colors. And I hit a button and actually based on my mood that day, I changed the colors behind me. And then based on I'm recording and I'm not doing it psychologically, but I was like, God, actually, when I put that color on, it just keeps me calm. I'm going to record with that background today. And that's actually why I did it. But it's it's, Beautiful. it's experimenting. And then when you find that color or those colors that start to make you feel good, then you take those colors and you start using those colors with your friends and with your customers and asking them how it makes them feel, which is going to create edification and momentum that like, oh, maybe I feel really good with this. And the response that I'm receiving is really good with this. This might be a path that I explore and choose as my primary color. Yeah, I think that's definitely a way that you can do it. Have as much fun with it as you can. Color is such a beautiful thing. It is one of the biggest gifts that we could ever be given because not only does it inspire creativity, it heals the body. I'm telling you, if you don't believe me, buy a book called Color Medicine and then be in shock because it will show you. I mean, I I don't know if you have an infrared sauna. I got one a few months ago. And it has the color light therapies. You can yep. put it on specific things that can roll through. There is a reason that is yep. in the product. So I think that it's really cool to experiment with. Like you can go, these color balls behind me, those are from Barnes and Noble. That's a child's toy. But I bought it because I can't tell you how many lectures I give where I bring those out and people, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s are like, oh, they get excited about it. Color is an exciting thing. And this is one of the simplest fixes that you can put into your business instead of redoing your funnels, starting all over with the new concept. First, make sure that the problem isn't color because that's the biggest marketing tool we have. It is all subconscious. So just try a couple tweaks and see what happens. Yeah. And I mean, like I, I'm hearing this because like as the relationship guy, I feel like you're giving me you're giving me another level of intentionality that literally catapults success through the roof because mm-hmm. I think about team meetings. I think about team culture. Oh my I gosh. Yes. What's in the boardroom. I think about the sterility of some of the offices that I walk into. And then I think about the play and the fun. And it's like, there's so many things that when we just bring intention to the awareness of color, and then when we don't feel good, instead of assuming that it's our number one, It's a whole different podcast on psychology. In this world, I've figured out as an entrepreneur is 90% of the time, it's not ours anyways. It's something else we're absorbing and we're unaware of. But like looking at that and being like, oh, maybe I don't have to change what I'm doing. Maybe I have to change the light bulbs. Maybe I have to put a piece of art on the wall. Maybe I need to put, I mean, like, look at this bracelet hasn't come off in five years and it was given to me (laughs) from a Shipibo shaman. And Mm -hmm. I love it. And it literally, and then I have another one hanging on my crystals and I have, you know, colors galore. 
Uh, I have rocks everywhere. They're yeah. up here. They're up here. It, it, it's such a powerful tool. And like, there's a reason prisons are gray. Yeah. There's a reason then buildings are painted gray or walls are painted gray. There's a reason why this has become a societal norm. And I don't know if any of you guys have Netflix and have watched uh, The Circle. Yeah. But that's a show I've recently been watching. I, I'm just on season one, so don't spoil it for me. But I was watching how each person gets put in a room, right? Yeah. Okay, they can only contact online and blah, blah, blah. But each room they've designed very differently. So in the first season, I was looking at, okay, this one's pink, this one's blue. Okay, that's interesting. And the most outgoing player, his name was Joey, and he was put in a room that was gray. And so, and he was really like loud and all these different things. And I went, he's going to start changing every episode. He's going to get more and more subdued because of those freaking gray walls. And every episode you noticed less chatter, less this. And by the finale, he was like, wasn't himself at all. And it was like, it's going to take a while for that to come out of his system, right? Because it did subdue his personality. That's how powerful this stuff is. Yeah. I, I, God, I love that. I only watched that with my daughter because she was watching it. She's 17 and you know, it was in, but it, it, it's, it's crazy. Like I'm actually getting emotional thinking about children, thinking about employees, thinking about us and all of it. And just this, this thing that's almost intentionally ignored to allow us to be controlled or changed. But now the awareness of just bringing intention to it and asking ourselves, like, what is it? Like, it's not hard to throw a picture on the wall or to slap a color in or to put a reminder on or to put a print blazer on. Like, why do I wear a pink wedding ring? Because it reminds me of my own gentility and softness and the man that I've become as a husband versus the traumatic combat induced violent man that I was. And it represents change. And, and I've realized that my relationship with color has evolved to keep up with the relationship with myself. And it's like, at this point, like pink's with me, pink's with me forever. Yeah. It, it is my soul. Like it fills me to the brim. Like I feel safe. I feel comforted. I feel loved. And it's like, even if you were to tell me it was the biggest brand mistake I could ever make, I couldn't, I couldn't let it go because I would actually walk away from the business before I walked away from my happiness with how it makes me feel. And so you opened a loop earlier. I want to close about now the overwhelm of like, I can play with color. I can use color. I can have color. And I'm narrowed down to this mic primary color. Then what's the next step for people? Next step is integration. And I think this is the step that can really scare people. A lot of people go their entire career without ever doing a photo shoot because the idea terrifies them to the very core. And, you know, that's stuff that you can talk about. I just say, do you want your ideal client to be able to get this result? And if the answer is yes, then it doesn't matter what you look like. Get your butt on the camera. Take the photo. I've taken photos. Look at my best. I've taken photos 40 pounds overweight. I've taken them with breakouts. Photoshop's there for a reason. Let's move forward. So <laughs> first thing we need to do is we need to uh, get a brand photo shoot done. This is going to serve your ideal client. It's also going to serve you when you are ready to get your funnels up, your website up, your social media up, your PR stuff up. It's going to just serve you really well. Brain photo shoot, you don't have to hire a professional if you don't want to. You can do them at home. Our phones have wonderful amounts of megapixels now. Just get in front of a naturally lit window and have a friend or family member take the photos of you wearing your primary color. Second thing we want to do is integrate that color scheme into our website. So that way you're going to have your primary color, your secondary color, and then your other surrounding colors 
these are where you can use the ones that don't give people a visible reaction. So this is where your grays and your whites and your blacks and your browns can come in beautifully. Some people come to me and they say, well, I want to use green and purple and yellow and orange. I'm like, you're going to give someone an anxiety attack when they see your brand. Because remember, if you use a primary color, it's going to hit them physically. That's why we only use one or two. That's why you go to my site and you see blue and you see yellow and the rest is black and white. So we have to have that balance. So that's something to keep in mind. Then we bleed that into our social media feeds. Uh, you can blend that into your email signature wherever you want, but we want people to start associating you with this color whenever they see your brand. For example, especially like lately, a lot of branding online on Pinterest in the news has been blue and yellow. And so I've gotten the most DMs that I've ever gotten in my life because people are like, Oh, I thought of you when I saw this, or oh my gosh, is your brain closure? Oh, what do these colors mean since they're all over the world right now? So we want to have that recognizability or people, when they see that color pink, they think of you. Or when they see this blue, they think of me. I love that. Yeah, I love that. It's really, really interesting. So I have to say this to close this loop for people listening, because you just talked about recognizing that color. So Jonah Berger in the book Contagious talks about social triggers and why things catch on. and. It's something as a marketer that I've used my entire career to be successful, right? Because with social triggers, you can either make one or you can piggyback on top of one. And with color, you get to piggyback on top of a feeling to then turn it into meaning something about you so that it becomes a social trigger. And so for everybody wondering and listening, I've made this book recommendation thousands of times, but I'm going to say it again. If you have not read Contagious by Jonah Berger, and you take just the color class with Michelle and then pair that with Contagious and you understand the human psychology of why things catch on and what's happening in the body and how neural pathways are being formed and developed and the touch points required to do it, there will become a point where your nickname is given to you by your audience based on those triggers and the feelings that they are creating out there. So I, I absolutely love that. Now, I always like to ask this because like I love inversion theory. It's how I learn. I learn through mistakes versus then teaching. What would you say are like the top three like biggest mistakes that people make with color so that if nothing more, everybody listening, just like as long as I don't do those things, I'm <laughs> already moving forward in a good direction. Sure. Number one mistake, not doing anything. And, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, will cost you in some way in the future in your marketing strategy. Uh, mistake number two, picking only based on your favorites. Sometimes we can have great instincts, but most of the time people pick their branding based on what they like, and then they're too stubborn to be willing to change it. So you have to remember the, the your primary color is based on what you want your ideal client to feel when they first see your brand. And you could say, but I love, I love yellow. It's and doesn't matter because your brand isn't about you. It's about your ideal clients. So that's the goal if you want to make money. If you don't, then absolutely have it be 100% about you. Um, so that's another mistake that I see. And sometimes that repulsion can be, to just go a little bit deep on this for a second, because I know you'll appreciate this. It could be that you are having dysfunction in the organ that that color stimulates when you look at it. Mm. So just be aware if you're like, as long as it isn't orange, I hear that all the time. As long as it isn't orange, I'll take any other color. And I'm like, all right, well then now you have to wear an orange shirt for a week. I love it. Tell orange. me how you feel at the end I of the week. I love it. 
because usually there's dysfunction in the balance aspect of their life and in the pancreas. And so we have to make sure that we don't have that personal repulsion to a color based on our bias or our dysfunction. Um, the other thing that I would say mistake is just not taking the time. You have to realize once you do this and once you put the effort into your photos, your website and your social, it is so it's like a set it and forget it. It becomes a lighthouse then for people to be attracted to you. And what's great is that it cuts that conversion time. They don't need the 10 to 12 touch points to buy from you. They maybe need between one and four. I've people had people buy in the first second that they see me. Sometimes it takes five times, but it's a shorter conversion process. So those are probably the biggest mistakes that I see. Yeah, I love that. And it's so great. My branding's a lighthouse on purpose because that's what it is, right? And 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 really what it is is like one of the things that I say is George, they're like, George, how do I constantly grow and scale my business, find new attention? Like it's about consistency and congruency. And every touch point is either moving somebody one step closer to you or one step further away. And what a lot of people don't understand is that so much of marketing is subconscious based on how people feel. And inconsistencies and incongruencies literally create subconscious unrest or distress in people. And they want to be in your world. They want what you have to say, but they can't understand why. A few times they want to like unfollow or not listen anymore. And it's because of the lack of intentionality that we've been talking about today. And I, I'm like, I'm really like blown away and, and very humbled and excited about just how much this has opened up my paradigm to color and even more intentionality. Cause like I'm intentional with pink and I know how pink makes me feel and I know how pink makes everybody else feel, but it's like, oh, I can go so much further with this. I can do this in pops of color. I can do this in emails. I can do this in social posts. And luckily, like I've been wearing the same shoes for four years. So naturally it's either pink shoes or a pink hoodie and it's in kind of everything. And I think I have about every shade you can imagine from, you know, light to salmon to boom and, you know, based on what I can find. But <clears throat> there's so many subtleties to this that are almost like the secret weapon because you're starting to play with relationships in, in the same way. It's like no different than we do with our kids and no different than we do with our, our spouses, our teens and these connection points. I think it's so, so powerful. And, and I'm really genuinely like kind of obsessed in my brain right now because I'm like, oh, okay. Welcome to my world. <laughs> I know, I'm like, oh yeah. Cause like th this is the part of me, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, like totally, right? And it's funny cause like my whole studio is black with sound paneling but I love how it makes me feel because I'm standing on a colored sheepskin carpet that like makes me right. happy. And then I have all the lights around me that I can control based on what I feel. And then it's like, oh, I like my wife even told me, she's like, when I come into your office now, one of your studios, it feels like home. Like I can see why you never want to leave. And then, you know, I use that. And then like on the wall in front of me, uh, on my altar, my meditation spot is just a wall of family photos all in color. And it's our wedding photos in the mountain and blue skies and family photo shoots at sunset. And it's like, there's only two black and white pictures on that whole wall. And they were done very intentionally. And it's like now looking around my space, I'm like, holy moly, like I, I do do this. It's just this level of intention that gets to be brought. Um, and you said something earlier, too, that I think is huge. Um, because if you were to look in my closet, there's only three things you see black, white, and pink. And, you know, for me, I don't know why, 
but black, white with a pop of color makes me feel like a superhero because mm -hmm. it, it, to me, it feels like it's a reminder of my structure and my ability to hold space for people and to be in a life that I'm in where I should have been dead like 75 times. But then it's this pop of color that just softens the edges and makes pink my pillow, which by the way, totally. I am. Like, I'm so excited for you. That's awesome. I will be giving you credit for the rest of your existence, and you are going to get sick of me when I'm like 82. Oh, oh, I have, I have that memory. It's like photographic. I'm like, oh no, it was Michelle. Pink is my pillow. Oh. You know, it's fun. And here's a really funny story. Yeah. When I was doing my events, I've been doing events for a long time. About four and a half years ago, pink wasn't really in yet because my son's five. So it was just black and white, black and white, black and white, my branding, black and white. And I loved it because it was a very high-end mastermind. Boom, it was there. But it's funny because I listened to the testimonials in the videos after, and I'll never forget my buddy Dom, who's been on the podcast, said, uh, working with George Bryant is like getting hit in the face with a two by four of truth. And I loved it. Like there was a part of me that loved it. But here's what's crazy is like four months ago, Somebody said in a testimonial that I was like the teddy bear of truth. Mm. And the only thing that changed is pink. Yep. Because I deliver the same way and I have the same heart, but it was almost like that constant black and white and all of those pieces were just a little too sharp. And so people's perception was he's direct and it works, but you want to know what's funny is back then those events. 60 to 70% men now, 80 plus percent women, and the most grounded, heart centered, connected men that I could ever have in my life. And the only difference is I'm willing to walk out in the middle of winter in a basically suede teal cowboy hat with pink shorts and area cowboy boots with a black hoodie on. And the cowboy hat was even on backwards. And it's it. like just this little bit of softness. And so it's really, um, it's that's why I'm smiling so big. It's really beautiful, like kind of thinking back as my evolution of like, mm -hmm. I can pick points and inflection points where things were softened or adjusted with color as well as some other things that you can actually see the progression of like where it's going. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I don't mean to be too graphic here, but let's think about it. If you're, um, be if you you're captured or whatever how do they torture you either all light all the time or all dark all the time yep so it's it's going to be too much for someone if your branding is just black and white yeah it's going to be too muting for someone if it's just gray people say well it, it works i've sold hundreds of thousands of dollars and i say that's wonderful imagine how much more you would have sold if you did this yeah and, and that's I just how easy it is and i think that's where i want to like kind of put a bow on this one because we're going to have to do episode two and then probably episode three and then we're going to do plant medicine <laughs> and we're going to do all of it but i think love that it. like i love one of the things that i understand now is that uh one of the things that i cover in the book the catalyst that i've been breaking down is one of the biggest biggest roadblocks for inertia is distance right he, he breaks it down as distance and what that means is that we have endowment to where we currently are. And then we want people to be out further away and we have to find the movable middle. Well, I found that the number one tilt for the movable middle for most entrepreneurs is revenue. It's just revenue. And so I actually want you to break down and talk about a little bit, if you could, like some of the positive revenue impacts you've seen 
for entrepreneurs or businesses that have just been willing to be like, no, I don't have to redo all the brand, but can we add a splash of color? Can we make sure that there's a blue in the background of every product photo? Can we make sure, because you've seen it and I've seen it, and I'll give a case study at the end, but I would love to hear that from you. Sure. This is actually, I my color course right now, it's called the color palette course. It didn't exist even a few months ago because in my membership was where I mostly talked about this. And they harassed me and said, no, no, like this is so unique. You have to create a product. So I just want to disclose the product has not been out that long. But especially in my membership and the few people that have been through the course already in the last few months, I think the biggest thing is like, for example, one of my students, she had been putting off a brand photo shoot for years and she finally, she had found her color, which was yellow. She did her brand photo shoot and she had had a really hard time getting in clients predictably so that, you know, it was a feast and famine situation. And she could not believe it when she started posting her brand photos with her, you know, aligned content, how she pretty much 20x her income in the matter of maybe two weeks. I had another person who uh, started, discovered their primary brand color, started associating that. Your website plays music. What was that? Oh, it does? Are you on it? Yes, it does. (laughs) I was pulling it up so I could tell people the link and I was like, what is that sound? I'm like, oh, it's for music. I'm, I'm, I'm over here, like literally looking at your color stuff. I have a little intro video on there. Oh my God. I love it. So continue, please. Yeah. No, but anyway, she, uh, had had a hard time populating her group programs. So she, uh, and her really good friend both employed my strategy. They both relaunched their group programs and, um, sold them out in less than a week. So those kinds of things happen quite often. And it's because they're doing everything right. There's just this one missing piece. And so people feel that alignment because you've chosen that strategy specifically, and that makes it so much easier for them to pull out their credit card. And And are you familiar with the brand Vital Proteins? No. Okay. So Vital Proteins. I'll write them down though. Vital Proteins is a collagen company that I helped build. And um, Oh, cool. And and when I say help build, like they exited for a number that had a B in it about a year ago. Um, and it's collagen and it's collagen. Right. And I talk about this all the time with people and people are starting to listen and starting to get it. But in the beginning, we only had two products. We had a warm water soluble collagen and a cold water one. Right. Um, the cold one was in a very light blue and almost like call it a teal. Right. And then the, uh, the actual collagen that we used to make gummies was in green. And our distinction was, is like this one. This is for your water. This is for your coffee. This is for your smoothies. It's easy because it was peptide. So it mixed into everything. And the green one was like, hey, this one is for making marshmallows and gummies and like healing your gut a little bit more there. And it was blue and green. And everyone's like, yeah, but what does color matter? And I was like, you go to their Instagram right now, right now to this day, eight years later. And still the entire brand is built on color now. Every every product, every category (laughs) is a different, what feels like you would describe as a primary color with a tonal, with like whatever that just tonal color harmony is a couple shades lighter, almost like the opacity is 80% of what that primary color would be. But I tried to tell people and I tried to show them it's, we did so much of this that now if you go ask a stranger what color collagen is, they say blue. Love. I mean, I've given this test on audiences, like keynotes I've given 1500 people in the audience. And I'm like, guys, who's heard of collagen, right? Because I'm giving a case study. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what color's collagen? I'll hear 50 blues. 
And I'm like, God, collagen's white. And I talked I about what we did because the other thing was is the collagen existed on the market already. Uh, there was a brand called Great Lakes that had been around for like 20 years, but their branding was horrible. Their messaging was horrible. And so nobody wants to eat the cowhide of a cow or the trachea of a cow. And so we were like, what are the three biggest benefits of collagen? Air, skin, and nails. And so now it's like, you go ask somebody, have you heard of collagen? Like, yeah, like, what are the benefits? They're like, hair, skin, and nails. We did that starting in like 2014, 2015, to the point where it was it. But I'm talking every day we were taking two to three social media photos and no one would realize that in every single picture in at least one part was the blue, the blue, the blue, the bottle, the water, the background, the light, every social post, every email that went out to the point where it took such a big hold, we had, they had to build the rest of the company around color because mm -hmm. it had such this traumatic impact. And it's the number one thing that I can think about because now I will go in stores and look at the merchandising of the products that I've helped build because I've helped a lot of health companies. So when I walk through Whole Foods, I'm like, my client, my company, my client, like, and mm -hmm. I know them, but still to this day, all of it was done with this intentionality of color and it's taken such a big hold. And so I tell people, like, no, no, you want to see how color works to get a supplement company to a billion plus dollars? Go look at Vital Proteins. Hand down to the point where we literally bought advertisements in Chicago in the baseball stadium because they're in Chicago. And the only thing we put on the wall was the blue with the letters VP. That was it. VP and a shield and the color blue. Billboards. Like I'm talking full billboards with just blue. And VP, before we picked up Jennifer Aniston, and now it gets, you know, they picked up Jennifer, it's a lot easier, but it was such a case study. Like if you use like Wayback Machine or like archive.org and you put in their website back in the day, the number one, and I remember this because their initial run, I was there when it started, just came in a white container with blue lettering. About a year and a half later, we inverse the colors made it a blue container with white lettering and it went whoosh, through the roof, through the roof. Isn't that amazing? Because it's, it's a psych psychological primary and it's mental and yep. you would normally not associate a health food product with a mental state, but it shows that the collagen and obviously the results that people are getting, it's not just a physical experience. So that's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I have a ton of these, but we could go all day. So listen, I, the reason I was distracted and on her website is because I've been through her website, but it is loaded. And I mean, loaded with resources. We have the color class. We have the color quiz. We have what pitch decks for podcasts. We have color templates. We have a color palette, right? You have all of that stuff on there. And so yes. you truly are the color queen. So I would let her promote herself, but I'm going to do it for you. If you I appreciate that. I'm going to relax. If you're listening to this, the gravest mistake that you could make is never going to her website to look at the options and at least taking the color class. Because if you listen to this podcast and you have not been intrigued a little bit about color, you should probably just unsubscribe right now. And I will tell you, I've been in this game for a long time. I do this. I get paid for this. And I have never met anybody or seen anybody as educational, as qualified and an expert in color is what I've seen with you. And so everybody listening, it's really easy to remember, visibilityvixen.com. I will have you spell it, Michelle, because that is not my strong suit. Can you spell visibilityvixen for everybody? 
Sometimes I still misspell visibility. So those of you out there that are like, I autocorrect on my phone all the time. You're not the only one. V-I-S-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y-V-I-X-E-N dot com. Perfect. So pick your path. Do the color class no matter what. Watch the videos. Take a look at the website and then click around because it's a shining example of how it works. And so, Michelle, it has been an absolute honor to have you here. I am stoked. We're going to have to do another one. I have one final question that I ask everybody. One final question. So imagine it's men in black and I hit the button and everybody listening to the podcast except you has forgotten everything that was said, but you have the opportunity in this moment to tattoo wisdom on their soul that they'll take away forever. What would your tattoo wisdom be? My tattoo wisdom would be open up your eyes to the colors that surround you because they were put on this earth for a reason. And they are meant to heal your body. They are meant to support your relationships. And the lowest on the totem pole, they are meant to help you boost your business and your visibility by being used strategically. So just start noticing, start studying, and start implementing to see the different aspects of your life that can be opened by using color. I love it. I'm not going to harp on that one. That one is incredible. That is beautiful. Take it, leave it. Thank you so much for being here. For everybody listening, it's been another episode of the Mind of George show and um, new requirement. If you want to keep listening to the show, go to visibilityvixen.com and check out colors. And so you'll either see me in the next episode or you will hear me in your earballs. But either way, it's time to cue the outro. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.